Today, our fumbling grandpa president says the quiet part out loud once again. Ketanji Jackson answers questions on her record of being soft on child porn and conservatives fight back in the culture. It's about damn time. Uh, we've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by fan favorites, the dynamic duo. We've got Yaku Bullions, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. Uh, also joined by Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and host of For Canon's Sake. Please make sure you are subscribed to both of these gentlemen. They are uh, providing very, very necessary and timely content that you are going to want to make sure that you are paying attention to. Um, so, guys, I... Have you noticed within the last couple, I would say years, actually, because I would count a good friend of the program, Robert Francis O'Rourke, in this whole um, saying the quiet parts out loud, like when he ran for president and he was like, yeah, we're going to take your AR-15s. Yeah, I want to come. I want I want to confiscate people's guns. Yes, I want to do these things. Um, so it feels like for several years now, they've had this slow trickle of like saying these quiet parts out loud that you go, what? Wait a second, you guys called us crazy people for saying that this was what you guys were looking to do, and now you're saying it like it's just no big thing, and the Overton window shifts again. So, you know, people talking about a new world order um, in previous years called conspiracy theorists. What are you, Alex Jones, is what people would say. Put on your tinfoil hat. There's no such thing. Same thing with deep state. Yep. Right? Another thing that we have seen them allude to and we've seen happening even though they'll tell you that you're crazy for suggesting it well joe biden i don't know if it's the dementia i don't know if it's just his <laughs> arrogance of the fact that they seem to be you know controlling everything so why not just admit to it uh, could have just been a freudian slip here but um at the uh, business roundtables ceo quarterly meeting uh joe biden mentioned the current world order as it is, is going to shift into a new world order. And we've just got to lead that. Watch. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to—they're going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Now, um, this conversation uh, apparently emphasized the need for American companies to continue working with the White House in quote reducing costs and a whole lot more, uh, end quote, while accounting for the ongoing disruptions to agricultural markets and energy production. This is something that we continue hearing them say, right? Basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it. You guys tell me if my, if my summarization is accurate. Um, well, the time is now. We need to take advantage of what has happened and what has transpired and not let it stop. We've seen it in the energy sector where they say, well, we're, we're in a transition period now, guys, so it may hurt for a while, but that's just what's gonna happen. Uh, these, are, these are things that they keep alluding to that, hey, 
we've got all of the, the dominoes are now all, you know, going down. We've got all of our ducks in a row. Now is the time to strike. And now you hear Joe Biden saying, uh, we're going to have to shift into a new world order and uh, all come together. You know, it just sounds a whole lot like, uh, I don't know, there was a guy who works here who just wrote a book. Oh, yeah, I think it's called The Great Reset. <clears throat> yep. Sounds a whole lot like that. Uh, Glenn Beck, of course, I'm referring to The Great Reset. Sounds a whole lot like that. All these, all these global entities coming together in a new world order. You have the president of the United States saying it out loud. Was this dementia or is there something to that? Actually, whether people want to believe this or not, this was the Hitler strategy. It got severely interrupted in the Second World War. This was the strategy with, with Clinton. Yes, new world order. But here's how this works. And, and again, if they want to believe it or not, the Illuminati, you get to a place where if you join, you have to say what you're doing out loud. You have to physically signal in some of your videos. You have to do certain things. Same with the Knight Templars. They're at a place right now where the dominoes are falling their way, where within their order, they will signal to the world exactly what they are going to do. And, they, and historically, you can go look at this. This is it. They're saying, I'm going to eliminate the Jewish race. I'm telling you, this is what I'm doing. I'm building a museum. And so, yeah, I, was this a Freudian slip? No, I, I want to chalk it up to that, but it's way more nefarious than that. Mm -hmm. This is in your face, boldly saying, we've pushed you into a corner. Mm -hmm. We've made the dominoes mm -hmm. fall. And now is the time for us to move in. Why all of a sudden now we want federal Bitcoin? Right. Well, all of a sudden right. now with digital currency, mm -hmm. all these things that are falling to well, all of a sudden now, you know, you've got Gates buying, you know, 2.4 million you know, acres of ag land in, in corn and wheat. No, this is the hour. They have lined it up and they're saying, hey, we're coming for you. New world order, because historically, even when they tell us they're coming, we just watch. Right. And this time we better push back. Yeah, Eric. Look, um, this is what I know. People look at terms like fascism and they don't mean anything to anybody and they shouldn't because the folks that generally use them have absolutely no yeah, idea I was gonna what say, it the, is they're talking about. The left about. has ruined that term. Right. So yeah. they don't know what it is. They think it's just person that has an R next to his name doing something that I don't like right. is what they think fascism is. But that's not what it is. And I would encourage you guys to look through the works of the. Uh, Mussolini's of the world and the Giovanni Gentiles. You can read the doctrine of fascism and they spill it out. They went into it talking about how the previous generation was one of individualism and the next uh, century is one of basically the collective per se. Mm -hmm. So when you hear something like Biden or hear someone like Biden specifically say that, well, we need all these other companies getting on board, that's literally what fascism is. It is uh, everything within the state, nothing without of it. Yeah. This idea that this is uh, we live in this free market economy. I don't know where these crack smokers get that information from, but anybody that can look at the copious amounts of regular uh, regulatory law, uh, regulatory bodies that we have just in the sector of business. Nobody can look at what it is that we have right now and it can act like this is a bunch of free marketers that are uh, at play here. This is a reason why you often see and more than ever you see right now a lot of the companies doing the bidding of the state because they do not advocate. In fact, they advocate things that are like antithetical to actual liberty because they know they can't remain at the top if any if everybody else was at somewhat of a, let's say, level playing field. No, they need these particular laws to exist. They need you to, hey, pay for play type of situations that we've talked. They need all of that to remain in the positions that they are in. So when you hear guys like ourselves 
certainly me, certainly other uh, uh, libertarians of the past, and look at, all right, this is the danger of what happens when you give all of these people this amount of, uh, of power, and you might not see it coming to fruition even in your generation, no. right? You may not see it, no. but it'll get to a point to where the tide will shift and it'll get bad and it'll get bad rapidly. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're seeing certainly right now. Yeah. The reason why they can so openly say, well, this is what we're going to do is because they're not going to see any ramifications right. from it. Right. So what do you have to do? We see right now what's going on with Disney. Well, Disney basically co-signed grooming. Let's just, co let's just yes, call it what 100%. it is. They just flat out did yeah. that. And they're like, you ain't gonna do nothing about it. None of y'all are gonna do anything about it. We have a segment, of course, we're gonna be talking about later, uh, which you know discusses people actually trying to be involved in the culture. Yeah. That's obviously what we're gonna need right now. Yeah. But this is uh, an effort that started decades ago, and right now it feels like it's accelerated because they got all the players. Right. Everybody's in place right now. Now it's ready to strike the opening that COVID gave them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us said that this is exactly what would happen. Mm -hmm. Right. This was their opening. And I'm not going to say that they tried to make that happen, per se. It's just they saw it for what it was like. Well, it's here. This is our opportunity to do all these sorts of different things that we want to have implemented that we couldn't have got away with it unless the people were scared. Mm -hmm. So this is what it is that you got. People need to understand liberty individual liberty, like private property rights, it's something, it's the most, starting with self, it's the most valuable thing that one can advocate. And I know that we get often tricked into believing because there's one hard time or something like that, a company does X thing that you don't like, and you're like, well, the state needs to get in control of right, it. Stop right. that. Yeah. You might not see it right yeah. now, but or you don't see it like the evil right in front of you when it's happening. But it'll get to a point later on down the road where you just simply cannot deny its existence. Well, I mean, that's a great point, because I, I constantly I, I talk to conservatives who think, especially with the issue of big tech, I, I don't think anyone would disagree that there is a huge issue Absolutely. with big tech censorship right now. But even conservatives will go, well, the government needs to do something. I'm like, you want that man exactly. that, that doesn't. I mean, we just there's a clip that I, I don't think we need to play. But it's like today uh, Biden refers to the new world order and also refers to the Midwest as Middle East. You want that guy? You want that guy in to be control. in charge of making the policy that everyone has to live by? I, I don't see how that's at all rational or reasonable. The amount of nepotism yeah. at the top in this country, the pay for play, the yeah. amount of you know public-private partnerships mm -hmm. in a so-called free market yep. society, mm -hmm. I don't think we can even measure it, how small of our market is truly free. Yeah. Later in the show, we're going to talk about people stepping up and creating business. You create business. We create business. Mm -hmm. you, this is just that hour. But it's, it, is, it is a fire alarm hour in America where you must depart Absolutely. from any mindset where the government will ever be for you, do any, nor do, should you want them to. We have forfeited our children and our birthright like Cain and Abel literally traded our souls for a bowl of lentil soup saying, government, please take care of me, Uncle yeah. Sam. Yeah. And I'm telling you, they said thank you very much. And they can be so brazen to call it outright. Mm -hmm. We're coming for you with new because they know it's been coming for and it's had to have multiple resets for them over the time because they've been interrupted. Now's the hour where it's lined up. And you're only, you, Carpe Diem, you can only cease a moment if you're in training for it. They are in training, buddy. Yeah. And, and COVID was an opportunity. Yep. And I said, well, here it is. 
Let's pounce. So let me, I know we got to go to break in a second, but let me ask you, and this is, maybe it might be a difficult question to answer because um, I know I don't, I'm not looking to throw anyone under the bus, yeah. but how much blame on all of this as far as they've been able to get should lie with conservatives who sat back and went along with the shutdowns and, you know, the mandates and all of these things. How much blame? A lot of it. Right? Because I don't it. think they would not, have been able to, to true. follow through and with all of these things that. and put it and in not place. And not just that. You look at, like, historically speaking, like, you got all these conservatives that always... Play, play, like paid lip service to the idea of liberty. They always campaigned on it, right? We're about freedom. Mm -hmm. We're about getting the government out of the way. And then they get in there, and it's literally doing the opposite. And right. they've been doing that for a very, very, very long time. When you saw all of these stimulus packages, and y'all saw me here at the table screaming like, yeah. stop, no, no, no. This mm -hmm. is going to have mm -hmm. an, uh, uh, some sort of consequence Giant regarding your economy down the line. It happened a lot faster than what I oh, anticipated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was going to happen you cannot just pr print money out of thin air like that and then spend it uh, basically selling off assets of unborn people you cannot do that and not expect the consequence and the conservatives were complicit yes they were complicit in it like all these guys with rsx and they said well we got to do it i'm like no you don't yeah. you don't have to do it you're just going along well with i it. was wrong that was not hard for eric to answer at all no, no it's not, not for me either <laughs> i want to be a father who is accountable i want to be a husband and a member of society who's accountable i put almost all the blame on us there you go. Mm -hmm. all, almost all of it. Why? Well, not us. I, the conservative right, movement, right? right? Not, right. not us at yeah. the table, but the conservative movement. Why? I expect a snake to be a snake. That's a good point. I'm going to call a snake. How dare you be a snake? They're snakes. Right. We allowed the snake in the hen house. Yeah. And we played with the snake. And we negotiated with the snake. Mm -hmm. And we made deals with this. You can eat four eggs but not all of them. Mm -hmm. Surely you won't come for the rest. So it is on us. Mm -hmm. It's on us. And now it's going to be hellfire to get it back. Oh. It's going to be war to get it back. So it's on, it's on the conservative movement. And it's always been. We allow these. Look, man, they're so weak. They're the cowards. If we just push a little, they'll crumble. Absolutely. We've just let the snake. And yes, I, I compare the president of the United States and his whole party to snakes. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more with both of you. All right, we got to we got to go to break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So, uh, look, I I know you are no stranger to the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now. We've got Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a uh, whole bunch of other things. Hackers capitalize on this type of thing, uncertainty uh, going on in the world. This is just the type of chaos that can put American homeowners at risk of being hacked. And so you're thinking, okay, well, I know about the robocalls and the text for fake donations and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going to open an email with an unfamiliar attachment, so I'm not going to get hacked. There's actually a way bigger scam going on that is way harder to detect and even harder to stop once it happens. It could cost you your home. So if this has not happened to you, consider yourself lucky, but get educated about it. It's called home title fraud. And it happens when a hacker finds the title to your home online. They can forge your signature and then remove you from the home's title. They can take out loans on your home and leave you in debt. All of that equity that you've built can be gone in an instant. Uh, look, Look, don't wait until it's too late because once it happens, oftentimes it is too late. But what you need to do is go to HomeTitleLock.com. Over there, they will uh, they will monitor and the instant that they detect any sort of tampering with your home's title, they will mobilize to shut it down. Look, do yourself a favor, okay? This is not a favor for me. This is for you. Go enter your address to see if you are already a victim. 
HomeTitleLock.com. Just go check. Make sure. HomeTitleLock.com. Today, the Daily Wire released its first ad for Jeremy's Razors. This is a new company that they have launched in response to, you guys may recall, I know we discussed it on the show. Uh, this was last year, I believe. Uh, Harry's Razors pulled their ads from the Daily Wires over what they said were inexcusable opinions held by not just Michael Knowles, but the rest of the sane people of society that boys are boys and girls are girls. Very controversial in this day and age. So Harry's Razors uh, had had enough with all of this talk of truth and biology and facts and decided to pull their ads, pull their sponsorship from the show. And now Jeremy's Razors is born. Now I want to, um, I, I'm going to play a clip very quickly of this new commercial, this new ad. And I have to say, just the clip of it does not do it justice. So I encourage everyone to go and find the full video because it is it is truly a sight to behold. Here is the first ad for Jeremy's Razors, watch. Oh, hi, I'm Jeremy Boring, CEO and God King of The Daily Wire. Harry's Razors used to advertise on our shows. They're a great product and we were happy to do it. That's before some peon who works for me went and said that boys are boys and girls are girls. And that was just too much for Harry's. <laughs> they condemned our views. <laughs> views held by millions of Americans and virtually every human who's walked the planet until about 15 minutes ago as inexcusable. And they dropped their ads from our network because of what they called values misalignment. You're damn right our values are misaligned. And it's not just Harry's either. Gillette razors used to be the best a man could get. Then they decided that men are too toxic. Unless you're the kind of man who teaches his daughter to shave her beard. If that makes sense to you, keep buying Gillette. But if you've had enough of the woke bull and you're tired of paying companies like Harry's and Gillette to hate you. Then buy my new razor instead. Behold, Jeremy's razors. Yes, they're real. Yes, they're fabulous. Uh, now, we are joined by, you just saw him, the CEO and God King of The Daily Wire himself, Jeremy Boring, of course, the founder also of Jeremy's Razors. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Now, I have to ask you, um, did you decide in the moment when all of this drama happened with Harry's that you were going to do this, or did it just kind of come to you as you were dealing with the fallout? 100%, the very moment that Harry's <laughs> Uh, made their statement on Twitter, I knew we were launching a razor company. In fact, the only reason it took us a year, because it's been exactly one year since that event occurred, is because my original idea was to cast a much better looking man to be <laughs> me. I, I actually found a guy, I'm not making this up, I found an actor in Hollywood, he looks exactly like me if I were six foot five, built like the Hulk and an actual Green Beret. Uh, and so I went out to this fella and I said, hey, I have this idea. I want you to play a character called Hot Jeremy and you'll just be Jeremy. Like, we'll, never, we'll never let on. You'll just say, I'm Jeremy Boring, the CEO and God King of the Daily Wire. And we'll never let on you know, that, that you aren't actually me. And he said, yes. And then he got cold feet. I'm sure when his agent told him that he mm. would never work again. Right. And so at that point, the, the idea went into sort of uh, collapse and I wasn't sure how to recover it. And it took a couple months to, to decide kind of that it would be okay for me to actually play me on TV. 
and once we once we came to that conclusion, it's been uh, just the logistics since then, mm -hmm. just getting it all put together. Yeah, and making sure, I'm sure, uh, you know, and I'm speaking as someone who, you know, I launched my own conservative beauty brand, and I, I so I know what it's like to, you want to make sure that you're giving a quality product, right? You're not just going to put right. junk up. Uh, you want to make sure, go through the development, test different things, make sure that it's something that, you know, I'm comfortable putting my face to, you're comfortable putting your lovely manicured, although it's a beard, it is still very lovely manicured uh, face Thank to you. it. So, um, but uh, look, this is just for my own personal, I wanna get into the, the values misalignment, which I think is very important to mm -hmm. talk about, um, and I love that line. But <laughs> first, I really wanna know, the blow, I've been to your, obviously I've been to your headquarters in Nashville many, many times. Yeah. I couldn't figure out if the blowtorch scene was actually, did you guys actually do that at your studio or did you have to find a, a, a space to do that in? No, I shot a flamethrower in our office. It wasn't my best idea ever, but it was one of my more fun ideas. <laughs> I like it. That is so cool. <laughs> I, I like it. Jeremy, it's Jakub Boyens. Look, all your work is so excellent. Everything you guys do, um, the new special on Fauci, you mm -hmm. know, with Michael. Mm -hmm. My brother-in-law is a producer for you, Ben Davies. He's my brother-in-law. And, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and you guys do incredible work, so I'm not surprised. I can't wait to use that razor. I am, a, I will be a customer, uh, but I can assume it's going to be excellent. Uh, but at a time, it couldn't be more time now. I'm actually glad it took some time. All good things mm -hmm. is worth the wait. But I think the timing is perfect right now for this conversation. This week, it's almost like you timed it perfectly to launch this brand with this messaging. It's a messaging around the brand. Mm -hmm. I love the line, shut up and shave. It's amazing, okay? <laughs> But I also love the line, unless you want your daughter to shave, teach your daughter to shave, because the conversation of the day, of course, transgender and sport. So I think the timing aligned perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that uh, kind of leads me into my next question, or I guess I just kind of want you to speak to this, Jeremy. Like I mentioned earlier, you said the line, uh, you know, due to misalignment of values, you're damn right our values are misaligned. And I just wanted you yep, to kind of right. speak to that. Well, what bothers me the most about this entire situation, l listen, advertisers have the right to pull their ads. They have the right to pull their ads for any reason. If, if the ads just aren't performing for them, if they're going through financial hardship, if they'd rather spend their money somewhere else, even if they don't like our ideas or they don't like something that we say, all of that is fair game. All of that is just business. What I object to is the public denunciation Mm. of your former partners. like we, we entered into a partnership with Harry's, we entered into a partnership with all of our advertisers in which we're going to personally endorse their product, expose our audience and, and leverage our credibility on their behalf to help them reach our audience. When they then stab us publicly, it's not like they didn't know. Harry's Razors knows our politics. They're paying us because of our politics. They're paying us to reach an audience that they could not otherwise reach, and we reach that audience on the basis of our politics. So it's not as though they're shocked, shocked to discover uh, you know, that conservative podcasters have conservative values. Uh, what it is is a way of virtue signaling to their 23-year-old employees, virtue signaling to the woke mob, and it's a way of saying to our other advertisers, and this is the really key problem, by making a public statement repudiating us, they're signaling to our other advertisers that now is the time to dump out of the Daily Wire. Now is the time to dump out of the blaze. Now is the time to dump out of the Tucker Carlson show or famously the Rush Limbaugh show, which absorbs so many horrible uh, uh, boycotts by advertisers or, or cancellations by advertisers. That's the part I object to. That's why I knew I had to do something and fight back against Harry's. It's not that they pulled their money. It's that they publicly denounced us, their former partners, mm -hmm. publicly denounced our audience. And I feel like 
if a company is going to say overtly that conservatives don't share their values and they no longer want to advertise to conservatives, it's important to say to conservatives, they don't want your business. They don't think you deserve their product. But here's what they do think. They think you have to buy it anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They think that they can bifurcate the culture without suffering any economic loss because they know that boycotts are temporary, that uh, you know, complaining online doesn't mean anything. At the end of the day, you still need a razor, so you're still gonna buy Harry's. Mm -hmm. You still need a razor, you're still gonna buy Gillette. You still need good entertainment, so you're still gonna watch Netflix, even if you're mad about cuties. You're still gonna buy Disney+, Plus, even if you're mad about transgenderism in, in kids' content, because you don't have any choices. So what I think is important is if these companies are going to say that they don't believe that conservatives deserve their product, then we need to give conservatives other products to buy. We need to create economic incentive for these woke corporations to actually have to make changes and compete for our business. We're conservatives, we believe in economic incentive, and yet most conservative companies, I mean, Sarah, you're an exception. Glenn's an exception. Glenn launched his jeans company almost a decade ago. Mm -hmm. As in almost everything with the online right, Glenn was a real pioneer in this space. Uh, but very few of us, you know, Dan Bongino and a few others are actually creating these actual businesses, these actual opportunities for consumers to make a different choice. And if we ever want to make change in the country, I think that's the only way that we can do it in the long term. Yeah, I obviously could not agree more. Uh, it's just so frustrating to see people who align with us and our values. They just, you know, it's like they've been living in their own bubble for so long. They mm. go, uh, look, I understand we want the government to leave us alone. And so we take this, yeah. this mentality of like, well, I'm just, I'm going to leave everyone alone. I'm just going to keep to my own self and my own family and go home and go to work and come home and be with my family and do the best I can here. And it's like we're losing everything. We're losing the culture. We're losing, you know, the economy. We will lose everything if we don't have more people stand up and say, no, you know what? We can provide an alternative that's just as good. And you know that you're not giving your money to someone who hates you. Yeah. It is not enough to lament the loss of the economy. It's not enough to lament the loss of the culture. It's not enough to lament the past. Mm -hmm. We have to build a future. We have to build an economy. We have to build a culture. That's the only way that we're going to win. And, and you brought up the actual value in question, which for Harry's, uh, they were attacked by a Twitter account with exactly two followers <laughs> um, who pointed out that Michael Knowles, one of our hosts, said to Candace, another of our hosts, a year prior on a completely different platform, Prager University, uh, they had a conversation about gender dysphoria and whether or not it's a mental illness. To say that something that is believed currently by 90% of all human beings on earth, and that has been believed historically by 99.9% .9 of all human beings who have ever lived is hate speech, which is what the CEO of, of Harry's reinforced even today. When did that become hate speech? Mm -hmm. At what point did the actual biological truth believed by 99.9% .9 of all human beings in all of human history, when did that become an evil thing to assert? If it is an evil thing to assert, what makes it an evil thing to assert? You know, our, our friend Iowa Hawk said on Twitter today, uh, he said, you'll notice that people are only canceled on Twitter for saying things that are believed by at least 90% of all people. <laughs> it's never, yeah, it's, it's not fringe beliefs that get you canceled. Yeah. It's the most foundational mainstream beliefs that get you canceled. That's something we absolutely have to fight back about, yeah. fight back against. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Um, Jeremy, t okay, so it's, these are available for pre-order right now. Is that, is that correct? Available for pre-order over at IHateHarrys.com. If you order in the next couple of days, you will definitely have your razors before Father's Day.
I love that. So I encourage everyone to go there, support what The Daily Wire is doing. Jeremy, I just, I can't tell you enough as a conservative, even, I know, I mentioned this last time you were on the program, it's like, people expect the different conservative outlets to just be at odds with each other. I, I couldn't be more appreciative of the things that you guys are doing over at The Daily Wire to create a space where all conservatives can go. We are all in this together, uh, in this movement together, and, you know, your documentaries, the movies that you guys are coming out with, uh, the alternative companies, like I Hate Harrys.com, Jeremy's Razors, everything you are doing is just so important and vital to the conservative movement. So I just, I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. And obviously we're giant fans uh, of the Blaze. We think you're doing important work. And, and particularly, I wanna congratulate the entire Blaze family on the, the conversation around Dave Rubin's announcement this week. It, it's one of the most respectful and I think exemplary uh, conversations happening on the online right, which of course means Twitter uh, hates it, but I've really enjoyed it and really respect uh, what you guys are doing. Well, thank you, Jeremy. And uh, once again, IHateHarrys.com. Get your razors in time for Father's Day. All right, we got to take a break, but we'll be back. The newest Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown Jackson, was uh, on the hot seat today. She addressed allegations today that she, we covered this on the program, I believe it was what, last week, that she had given lenient sentences to child pornography uh, distributors. And this was first brought to light by Senator Josh Hawley, who uh, had this tweet thread. Again, I recommend that you guys go and find the entire thread because it is very, very, very eye-opening, uh, concerning to me that more senators have not been more outspoken upon learning this information. But uh, her record demonstrates that she has a pattern of letting child porn offenders off the hook for their crimes. Uh, most, well, I should say, all of the times he found giving the minimum sentence uh, according to federal sentencing guidelines. And so she was given an opportunity to address this. I will say this was given to her by Senator Dick Durbin. So of course, an ally to her, uh, trying to let her off the hook. So Senator Durbin gave her an opportunity to defend her record on child porn sentencing. This is what she had to say. As you said, the guideline was based originally on uh, a, a statutory scheme and on directives, specific directives by Congress at a time in which more serious child pornography offenders were identified based on the volume, based on the number of photographs that they received in the mail. And that made totally total sense before when we didn't have the internet, when we didn't have distribution. But the way that the guideline is now structured, based on that set of circumstances, is leading to extreme disparities in the system because it's so easy for people to get volumes of this kind of material now by computers. So it's not doing the work of differentiating who is a more serious offender in the way that it used to. So the commission has taken that into account and, and perhaps even more importantly, courts are adjusting their sentences in order to account for the changed circumstances. But it says nothing about the court's view of the seriousness of this offense. Uh, 
I don't think it would be appropriate for me to speak to this uh, before you do, Yaku. This is this is the work that you do fighting against this kind of thing. So what are your thoughts on what she yeah, just no, said? Look, you, you're very well versed in this. This is what I'm saying. I'm going to break down what she's saying. She's saying that today, this is what she's saying. A person who abuses a child, because we're talking about video, porn, and porn made of children, is less a bad person than a person used to be a number of years ago, which falls in direct alignment with the agenda of sexualizing children in the classroom. It's normalizing the sexualization of children. She chooses to pick the lowest sentence. Remember, she was also part of the sentencing committee. So if she is a Supreme Court justice, which may happen, she's telling you she's going to rule from that bench to set a precedent that pedophiles and predators today, because of the internet and the availability of porn, it's just harder for them to restrain and refrain from abusing kids. You just don't understand. Kind of sounds like you can take $970 out of a Walgreens and not get penalized for it. Kind of sounds like you just don't understand with culture today. It's just really hard to do the right thing. So we should lower the sentencing. Kind of sounds like we should lower the requirement to pass a grade in school because you just don't understand the environment. It all falls in line. That human being is okay to a large degree with children being sexually exploited. That's where the buck stops. End of story. Lower the standards to accommodate the lower morals of our society. Yes, it was an interesting, like, I don't know, argument, if you can call it that, that that was the angle that she wanted to take. And it was like, well, uh, of past, you didn't have, basically she's expressing that the technological advancement, if I understand correctly, somehow changes, I guess, that individual. And, I, and look, technology has grown. It has exposed a lot of stupid people for being exactly that. However... A bad person, definitely in this regards, is easily able to be spotted nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, maybe they have more access to it uh, or it's easier to be accessed. But this whole fixation on the differentiation between when she's talking about uh, uh, volumes. Yeah, some people are worse than others, but we can all agree they're pieces of crap. Right. (laughs) Like this is of the most egregious which would yes. be the term that I use, yes. of right. crimes that one yes. can commit. Right? Yeah. Right? Regardless like, if it's yeah. one time or 50. Or the vo- amount of volume. Thank or, you. Or the fact that like you that. would do it at all is a freaking problem. Right. That's an agree- It's one of the more, more egregious uh, things that one could certainly possibly do. And to try to fixate on this total differentiation, she was talking about this like as if there's, I don't know where exactly she was going with that. And I, I, I probably need to watch it just a little more longer. And, and certainly in context where she's like this disparity that somehow exists between these guys. It just seems more like she's looking at this stuff of evil people on a scale, however. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to differentiate between one piece of crap from another piece of crap and which one's smaller of, of, of the two. But when you're dealing with a crime like that, and you can speak to it far more better than what I ever certainly could, like, I would think if it's one, like, you probably should get the worst possible thing happen to you. Right. Because you are, mm-hmm. you're dealing with innocent beings and people that this entire culture and an entire society has agreed that they are the among the innocent class, right? They either yeah. don't know any better. Um, the whole point of be it in parenting or an adult is to protect and preserve the innocence of these people, of, of, of children, yeah. per se. And this is the one of the most, if not, not one of the most perverse way 
to exploit their innocence. So it takes a special kind of crappy person to go out of their way and participate in this sort of uh, uh, culture. So the scale to me matters less and that that person, if they have gone out of their way to participate in such bad behavior, should have the worst thing happen to them. Mm -hmm. Good riddance. Mm -hmm. Eric, yeah, one of the cases she presided over, and, and you know, Senator Holly highlighted seven cases. All she took the minimum sentence. One of those cases, I'm going to say it again, I said it and I think it went over people's heads, was a father making porn videos on his own 10-year-old. So that judge witnessed and looked at material of a father producing porn on his child, then promoting and selling that porn online. And she still gave that guy the minimum sentence, mm -hmm. okay? So don't buy into her nonsense of, oh, because it's more readily available, somehow this guy is less culpable than they used to be yeah. in the past. It is demonic, it's evil, it's sick. It should get the full book of the law thrown mm -hmm. at it. If the max, you should get maximum sentencing, yeah. not minimum sentencing for this mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, amen. Uh, all right, we gotta, we gotta take a break, we'll be back. I want you to listen to my words very carefully. Indiana Republican Governor Eric Holcomb just vetoed a bill that sought to prevent biological males from competing in women's interscholastic sports. Uh, he says that he was vetoing it because it's too broad and there is currently no need for such a policy in Indiana. Um, guys, I say this way too often than I'd like right now. But um, with friends like these, who really needs enemies? Who really needs enemies? Uh, we just watched a biological male defeat a bunch of hardworking women who had trained for years and years and years. We saw the woman who did not get to participate in that championship because she placed 17th instead of 16th. Talk about how she was a fifth year senior and this was her last meet. She will not have another opportunity to do this. And we see these opportunities being taken from women before our very eyes. And yet a Republican governor in Indiana, which I would think, I mean, seems a lot like, you know, flyover country, average, middle America, uh, red values. Well, Republican Governor Eric Holcomb says uh, we don't want to protect women. We don't want to protect women's sports. We don't want to uh, we don't want to do that. I, I can't possibly fathom how a Republican in this day and age when it's gotten so crazy can possibly veto this. This is like, let's talk about that. Let's just talk about the, the reasoning more than anything, because I don't want there to, people to think that there's some conflict here, because I've said before that I don't like the, how the NCAA, NCAA has ever been structured. And I think it's basically acting as a wing of like the sort of state protected monopoly of amateur sports. It should be completely eliminated as far as I'm concerned. But the reasoning that he gave made absolutely no sense when he's talking about that it's being broad when, you know, from all accounts and what I looked into, it's pretty straightforward mm -hmm. and that biological men shouldn't be participating <laughs> in, in women's sport. And again, I guess it shows how crazy that things have gotten when that has then become so controversial that there's some line to be blurred. But to be fair, that's kind of how they 
we got a, to a, like the slow crawl of getting to where we're at right now. It's like you tolerate this, mm-hmm. you know, for right now. And then, you know, you give him a little inch and then that inch turns into what it turns into now. Yeah. So I don't understand the angle that he's taking with it's broad. Like who on earth would it ever impact to, to, to where there be some sort of threat? Problem, yeah. I, I don't get it. And he again, he did. To be fair, he did properly explain where he was coming from. So. I'm supposed to take from that that he just is complicit, certainly in uh, this new world order, I guess, where men compete with the women. Yeah, I so Yaku, I, I mean, to Eric's point, it, it, him saying, well, there's not a problem uh, in Indiana right now. It's like, OK, so you're going to wait until a male robs a, a female of that to pay attention to it. Like, I, I don't understand how that's an again, explanation. Again, we react to the left. Yeah. I mean, you react, you're point. late, you're yep. late. That is a coward. You know, those movies where the zombies or whatever, when they see one of that's not their kind, they point and <laughs> make a sound. We should start doing that in the Republican movement. When we see one of them, just start pointing and tag him. Yeah. One, enemy, yeah. the enemy. That is the enemy. That guy is so dangerous because he's supposedly in our camp, but he's not. The, the Indiana natives, he's not standing up for their values. His wife should be disgraced. <laughs> she, she should look at him and go, you weakling. You Go grow a pair. I mean, he, if he has daughters, they should say, dad, have you lost your mind? Because he's not defending women. I'm so glad you called it for what it is. He's anti-woman. I mean, yeah. he's not a, and, and for him to say it's not a problem here yet, are you living under a rock? <laughs> right. It is a, it's the talk of the day. Ron DeSantis, one of your supposed people. What if in Indiana, I mean, do they have any, sw- I don't know what, like, they have a bunch of It doesn't matter, though. In I mean, no, right, but no, like, no, what I'm saying yeah, is they the probably have somebody in one of those schools that has competed against, like, in the Division course, One yes. uh, uh, sport, it's, so it's impacting It's already, impacting so him, it's already there, yeah. and if it's not, if it's not in your state yet, more reason for you to fortify right now to go, oh, it's not coming here. Yeah. Oh, we're going to make a law before it even lands here. That's what a real governor would look like. That's what a champion would look like. You, sir, the weakling. And you know what happens to the weaklings? They get eaten. So, okay, so really quick, I know we got to go to break, but I do want to just, you're talking about friends and enemies. Let's let's talk about a friend when it comes to this matter. Governor Ron DeSantis making big moves. Uh, He issued a proclamation acknowledging uh, the, well, they call her the runner-up, but she is the true winner of this swim meet, uh, Emma Wyant. So this this was a he already issued the proclamation. Uh, you can go and check it out. It's got like the official stamp and everything. She apparently is a Florida native. And so he oh, has issued a proclamation declaring her uh, recognizing Sarasota's Emma Wyant as the best women swimmer in the 500 yard freestyle. Just like beast moves. I just God bless Ron Love DeSantis. It. I could not be uh, more thrilled to have him on our side. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu is catching heat for some jokes that she made at their St. Patrick's Day breakfast in Boston this past Sunday. Because, well, you know, it's it's totally fine to make racist jokes as long as it's at the expense of white people. Here's what she had to say. I won't lie. This past winter was pretty intense. Trial by snow trial by fire, fighters union. I'm getting used to dealing with problems that are expensive, disruptive, and white. I'm talking about snowflakes, snowflakes. I mean, snowstorm snowflakes. 
the one who went on the Instagram live stream and totally didn't even know how to react when she had all of those people typing comments that they couldn't stand her? Is, isn't that this one? So she thinks it's going to make it better to make just some low-key racist jokes. Well, the hockey racist. I would, <laughs> I would prefer that it be like that if it was an even playing field like it was with comedy in the 80s and 90s where white yeah. folk made fun of black folk, black folk made fun of white right. folk. That was all fun and uh, uh, that was awesome. A great time. But nowadays, you can't do that. You make fun of the other spot, you get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those seconds. days were awesome. The audience was also so diverse, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't think that's going to fly over well with Boston, but what do I know? All right, thanks guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.